0: My name is Steve Hanson. I'm president and CEO and founder of Acme Lithium. Uh, we are a North American explorer and developer of multiple lithium projects. We have two projects in Nevada and a group of projects in southeastern Manitoba. Steve,
1: thank you very much for the introduction. A pleasure to meet you. And I'm greatly looking forward to learning about Acme Lithium in the next 15 minutes or so. Um, a
0: pleasure <laughs> to be with you today, Merlin. Ah,
1: good. Uh, we're approaching this with a kind of the contrarian investor hat on. We'd, I just want to kind of um, perhaps could you start by if I say to you what's a contrarian investor or, or what do you think of the, when I mention the words contrarian? What, what, what springs to mind for you?
0: Well, I think in, in, in these volatile markets, obviously, there's been some, some interesting and challenging things that have been happening worldwide, whether it be inflation or um, uh, dynamics with uh, in, U- in the Ukraine, uh, interest rates, um, you know, the world continues, continues to be in a challenging place, but it also creates opportunity. And in particular, we're seeing a, a massive uh, swell, ground swell and, and mega trend happening in the green economy um, as we need to reduce carbon emissions. And in particular, there was a crisis being faced here in North America for that core commodity of lithium. And so, you know, in challenging circumstances, there creates opportunity. And I think for investors, it's understanding the dynamics that are taking place and taking a sharpshooter approach here in, in, uh, in being very precise as the type of investments they want to look at. I think the lithium six sector is something that um, uh, is going to have a, a multi-year if not a, a multi-decade uh, run here as demand continues to outpace supply and I think it's a place where investors should continu- continue to look for opportunities. So again, I'm not an investment advisor, but I think when there are pullbacks in the market, I think there are opportunities that are created for investors and hopefully the Lithium sector is one of those.
1: It, that mega trend is so important, isn't it? Um, in, in the pandemic, I produced a series of little um, uh, lectures and and snippets on views on various commodities. And my, my basic thesis was stick with the main commodities, you know, the Golds and the Coppers, the liquid term, uh, the liquid commodities traded on the terminal markets. And then, of course, lithium's been on this fantastic tear, and it's really it's what I didn't pick up was that those fundamentals. When you get the government policies, when you get the weight of money, when you get a kind of a um, a long-term change in the structure of a market, that's what can drive a multi-year a process. You mentioned it's it's North America, uh, we uh, a North American phenomenon, the shortage of lithium, but it's it's a global trend and it's a global phenomenon.
0: Well, and I say that because we are focused on North American projects, but absolutely this is a a global issue. Um, uh, majority of the Lithium is currently produced in only a handful of countries, including Australia, China, uh, Chile and Argentina, and most investors are unaware that um, you know lithium isn't commonly uh, produced uh, in in Europe and, and domestically in North America. There's only two places in North America, in fact, where lithium's currently produced. And that's in Clayton Valley, Nevada, where we have a neighboring project and in southeastern Manitoba, where we have a group of projects. So, you know, it's hard to believe we open our cell phones and our tablets and our laptops and, and we use our, our, our cordless power tools and now our hybrids and EVs. We take it for granted that these core commodities are going to be available. And that's in fact, not the case. So as battery factories are being built throughout Europe, throughout the United States and Canada, where are we going to get this core lithium supply? And if we have to rely on only a handful of countries. Um, and it's going to be a challenge. Um, and as well, we we absolutely need um, a larger supply to meet up with this uh, never-ending, increasing demand. Every number that's being forecasted is being blown out of the water. So, you know, it, it bodes well for companies that are in active exploration and development. And so, uh, we're excited about what's upcoming for for ACME. We've been working very hard this last couple of years, leading up to some key catalysts that are upcoming. As I mentioned, we have a core project in Clayton Valley, Nevada, which is really the epicentre of lithium development in the US. Lithium has been produced there at Silver Peak since 1966. We are contiguous to the Northwest. We made a lithium discovery this summer and we are advancing on a phase two program here shortly where we'll do a pump test of that lithium brine discovery. There's very few lithium brine Projects in the U.S. We are one of them. We will be doing a pump test of that discovery, and then three more exploration holes. I'm expecting to commence that program here in the next three to four weeks. So, a real key catalyst coming up here in Nevada. We've just finished from geophysics at our neighboring project at Fish Lake Valley that look interesting, and then I'm in the final stages of permitting our our maiden and and a major drill winter drill program in southeastern Manitoba, just south of the Tanko mine, which is a lithium, cesium, tantalum mine, where a couple of Kilometers south of there, and we've got a, a major drill program expected to happen this winter. So we're really busy. Um, lots of key key items coming up for us at Acme. We're well funded and, and looking forward to providing and meeting these milestones for our shareholders.
1: And um, thank you. That's a that's a nice gallop through the the, the work program. Um, in in a sense that uh, this comes back to the kind of the contrarian theme in that the, the the equity market hasn't been really looking at this these developments. You know. The wider resources sector uh, has had this massive downturn since the start of the Ukraine war and the concerns about the um, global economy and risk off environment. And all exploration stocks and resource stocks are, are down, and you're no exception. And so, in, in a sense, what you're effectively saying is that. Um, You'll do a re-rate because the company is in good shape.
0: Well, you know, it, it, there's things out of my control I and mean, in my control. And what you know, one thing that I can do is continue to advance the company and its fundamentals, um, and continue to meet milestones on a timely basis. Um, to continue to to use capital wisely, um, you know, we are fortunate as a as a junior explorer and developer that we do have capital. I have enough. Uh, I've been well financed and backed by a number of key institutions. Um, uh, that have funded me through last year. Um, and we have just under 10 million dollars in the banks. but you know for some companies that's not a lot of money for uh, a junior explorer, it's significant. So I have enough money to continue this phase two program in Clayton Valley and do this winter drill program here in Manitoba. and then I will have have funds left over to uh, uh, in running room to run our business for a period of time. I can stretch that capital out. Um, um, you know, I'm not having to go back to the market necessarily to to raise capital at, uh, at much lower valuations or costs. So you know we, we, are in, we have that that benefit is that I can I can um, continue to build and advance the company, hopefully have success with the drill bit, um, advance our, our discovery and hopefully make new discoveries. Um, and uh, hopefully the overall markets uh, on the junior side will continue to to recover. And um, and if we can meet milestones and have key catalysts, hopefully we're rewarded from a valuation standpoint. Again, I can't predict what's going to happen outside of our, our company, but um, we're going to do our best to to move ahead and um, and create value for our shareholders.
1: What would you consider um, to be a success with your at uh, Clayton Valley? You're, because you've, you've you've done some drill holes, you've found the the brine, you found the right stratigraphy. Um, And you're now moving ahead to some pump tests. You know, what would you look when you uh, see the results of that in the months to come? uh, What would make you feel comfortable that you've actually achieved what you're
0: hoping to achieve? Well, again, assuming we commence this program in the next three to four weeks, uh, again, there's. There's always a chance of hiccups, but uh, that's sort of the timeline. Um, again, let, let's assume that we begin this program uh, sometime in December. Um, it will take place over the course of uh, a number of months. Um, my goal here uh, is to get to an inferred resource. I mean, that's really the the key goal here is to have some metrics. Um, and that means, you know, uh, we need scale um, and we need uh, grade. Um, so this okay. program, um, if it's successful, again, there's no guarantee that it will be, but if it's successful uh, and we meet this milestone, uh, my hope is that we'll be able to get to an inferred resource uh, in 2023. Um, uh, midway through 2023 would be the target to have, have that uh, understood. Um, that then will result us moving into a phase three program. In in parallel, um, we are working on uh, what's called direct lithium extraction uh, technology. Um, There's a number of companies that are are pouring uh, millions if not tens of millions of dollars into this new technology. Uh, It's where rather than using brine ponds, um, you pump the brine uh, into a plant or a facility um, and then ultimately inject uh the water back into the aquifer so you use a a smaller footprint there's less capital required Um, again it's a more environmentally friendly technology rather than using brine ponds which is the traditional way that Um, brine discoveries and and production is used. Um, The process also doesn't take very long where where you can extract lithium Um, and so brine ponds you typically have to leave uh, uh, the brine uh, settling for anywhere from 18 to 36 months. So there are advantages to DLE, that's certainly a technique uh, or technology that we're continuing to evaluate and uh, based on this upcoming pump test we will, will be sending brine off to a number of DLE companies for evaluation Again, some key milestones coming up. Um, We're excited to get started, and uh, and hopefully we'll have success for our shareholders in the next few months.
1: And um, thank you. Interesting uh, potential um, uh, alternative development route for um, for Clayton Valley and at um, at Fish Lake. What are the next? I know you've run them through, but um, I learned by repetition. Just, could you just repeat uh, what's happening sure. at Fish Lake, please?
0: Well, uh, again, we're, we're in the northwest uh, side of Marley's Silver Peak project. We're contiguous to the northwest at our brine project. But if we move west over the foothills there to the valley next door, it's called Fish Lake Valley. Um, and there's a, uh, a major discovery that was made there a number of years ago and is in feasibility right now. And it's run by a company called Pioneer, an Australian company. Um, they signed off tick agreements this summer with Ford, Toyota and Panasonic. We are their neighbour to the West. Uh, this is a clay project um, that, that we're advancing. Again, just because we're beside a world-class project doesn't necessarily mean that that we are um, rocks do stop and start, so I want to mm-hmm. I want to mention that. But we do have lots of interesting data to date. We're seeing um, some good hits in sampling on on lithium on surface. Um, we think some of the geology is very similar to what uh, that uh, that major project that that is and has found. Um, we've just recently completed some geophysics there, and um, and we've got some clay targets that look interesting. So I'll be making a drilling decision on that. Project sometime over the next couple of months. Um, we're focused more at Clayton Valley, but we think that there's some really interesting things taking place at Fish Lake Valley. Again, a clay project, good sampling results on surface. The geophysics has certainly identified a number of targets that we want to go after, and I'll make a drilling decision on that project here in the next couple of months. And
1: you, um, on those clay things, um, you've, you've obviously got that development risk because there, there are no clay operations. Uh, uh, in operation at the moment. So in in, in some ways, it might um, be safer to focus on Clayton and kind of push that advancement and maybe the hard rock up around the tanko um, areas in, in Manitoba. And um, oh, you're precisely
0: you know. right, Merlin, we have focused, we are, are uh, rapidly uh, uh, working towards and moving along our projects at Clayton Valley, our brine project, and then our pegmatite projects in Manitoba. Um, the Fish Lake project, although uh, it's not on hold, we are um, uh, taking our time there and evaluating it. So, and and frankly, for us to run three exploration programs um, in sep- on separate projects, mm-hmm. um, you know, we are limited in our resources for human capital, and also um, we want to make sure that we don't um, use up all of our treasury in uh, uh, yeah. until we advance uh, at least one project. So. Uh, we've spent a little bit of money on geophysics here. We're seeing some good results, and um, you know, we also are seeking a joint venture partner at Fish Lake, and maybe that will help us uh, be able to advance it on a faster yeah. pace uh, yeah.
1: than we could on our own. Yeah, makes makes perfect sense. Um, right, let's um, over over to Manitoba if if we could. Um, uh, so I've, there's some other exploration companies in the area that have. Um, had some good success identifying the pegmatites. Are you in the similar style of geology?
0: Absolutely. And this is really, we spent three months analyzing the region. Uh, we, we, we focused in and around the Tanko mine. The Tanko mine is owned by a Chinese company by Sinomine. Um, it's a lithium, cesium, and tantalum mine, has been producing off and on since 1969. They have submitted permits and are exp- are, are hoping to expand that operation um, over the next couple of years. Um, there is further exploration going on in the region as you mentioned by a number of companies, we're seeing greater investment internationally in in the region, whether it be from institutional investors or strategics as well. So I think the Southeastern area and Manitoba in itself are going to continue to see great growth here. I believe there's going to be multiple discoveries made in the region. I just got back from from a conference there. Uh, There was over 600 people in attendance from industry, from government, uh, from some of the companies in the area. And there was a really positive mood as to what's happening, and I really do think it's an underfollowed area, um, but I think that's going to change over the next couple of years. Um, We had an extensive uh, summer program ongoing at our three projects there. We're only a kilometre and a half south of the tanko mine. We're contiguous to their mining leases actually. To the south, we've got one of the largest land positions. Uh, We've completed geophysics this fall. It's in processing right now. Um, We've submitted permits uh, on priority one, priority two and priority three drill targets to the Manitoba government and various agencies there. Um, We've signed an agreement with SAGE First Nation in collaboration with them. So um, we're really excited about working with Sagin First Nation. We we do employ through some of our contractors, um, uh, some, some of their people, um, and we continue to look for um, other collaborations that we can do within the community. We, do, we use mm-hmm. a number of local service providers for our work that we do, and uh, we're proud to be contributing to the economy there. Um, so I'm waiting on our permits here. Um, again, I was in, in Winnipeg at a conference this past week. Week talking with members of government. I'm hoping to get the green light here in the next few weeks and uh, we can begin our winter drill program here in Manitoba. This is a maiden drill program. Um, Again, this is an area that is uh, is highly prospective. We're very excited to get started. Uh, massive pegmatite fields throughout this re- region, and uh, we're hoping to make an initial discovery here um, through a winter drill program, starting um, hopefully very soon.
1: And have you um, mapped it, um, field sampled, and done the geophysics, and um, done the best you can to? Uh Locate those pegmatites.
0: Well, we have a, lar- a large area, and, and that's going to continue. When in spring, once again, we'll get boots on the ground. Um, you know, it's 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 difficult territory. You know, um, uh, although their elevation doesn't change much, um, it is kind of rolling. There's a lot of water around. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've had uh, we've had boots on the ground in summer, but you know, we do have a, a very very large acreage area, and. Um, uh, we've just really—it's um, been a tip of the iceberg as to the work that we've done. Uh, we want to get back in there next summer and continue to look in areas that we haven't been able to, to, to touch yet. We've added acreage uh, this past year as well that still is is underexplored. Um, this phase one drill program uh, is targeting a particular area that we think is is prospective based on some of the data we've analyzed. Um, but we do expect that with success and access to capital that they'll. Be multiple phases of drilling here uh, throughout this project. Again, Shatford Lake is south of Tanko Mine. Our Burst Lake project is slightly to the east, and then about twenty kilometers to the north is our Cat Euclid Lake project. So there's more than enough work for us uh, here to do, um, and uh, hopefully we'll have success with this first phase of drilling with with with, uh, the drill bit. In in some ways, it it sounds almost like a kind of proof of concept, and.
1: and, You know, Yes, you hope to make a discovery, but you won't know for a a while whether this is the best area in your larger area. So you've got to keep an open mind to uh, not get data bias. I mean, if you hit something with one drill hole and you throw all your resources onto that one drill hole, you might miss something which is bigger, potentially nearby.
0: Well, absolutely. And if we don't have success in this phase one, it doesn't mean that we may not exactly. have success yeah. in a to programme. So again, a large area, vastly underexplored, lots of potential. Um, you know, We're, we're near uh, a producing mine that's been uh, producing off and on since 1969. Um, they are shipping uh, uh, high-grade ore actually right now from that mine. There, It's being bagged. There's hundreds of bags on site. They're being put on flatbed trucks, being trucked to the railhead and, and those rail cars are heading to Vancouver uh, in Western Canada and then put on freighters and being shipped to China right now. That's how desperate um, the world is for this commodity, for the fact that it's um, high-grade ore is being put on. And if those flatbed trucks can't get on the rail cars, those rail, those flatbed trucks are actually driving to Vancouver from Manitoba. So it really says a lot about the the need for this commodity, but also the 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 nature of the commodity price. You know, lithium broke through. Eighty thousand dollars over the uh, the week this past weekend. Um, those prices would have been unheard of two years ago. We're up. We're up almost twenty times as a commodity price in the last few years. So, you know, we're seeing some um, dynamics here that uh, are creating a, a huge opportunity for our industry, and yeah. uh, um, hopefully, will continue to be a success story. Um, uh, on the ground and can deliver on behalf of our shareholders over the next few months. And there's that wonderful irony of
1: the kind of um, trying to, America trying to get its mineral independence and uh, to try and get this homegrown mineral supply for kind of security and understanding the provenance of the mineral and all of that. And then the, one of the two mines which are operating in North America is actually disappearing off to China. I mean, you, you couldn't make it up. It's, it's It's too funny in some
0: ways. Um, well, and I think a lot of the focus has been on on the downstream um, uh, situation. We're seeing announcements almost every few weeks where a new battery factory is being built in Canada and the United States. Um, there are announcements about processing as well and we talk about the EV uh, manufacturers. Um, again, a lot of focus has been on the downstream side and I think we need to continue to advocate on the upstream side as to how are we going to create a domestic supply? Um, I I do believe that that some good things are starting to happen at the federal level in the U S and Canada. Uh, we need to see it at the state and provincial level as well. And, and all stakeholders and rights holders need to advocate for this industry. And the reality is, is if we want to have uh, carbon emissions reduced and, and you know, the trains left the station here, uh, you know, uh, we're going to have EVs and hybrids and they're going to be bought in, in large numbers. It's estimated there's 3 million people on waiting lists for EVs right now globally. And that's continuing to increase. So, with this demand coming, um, we need to continue to, to, to advocate for our industry. You know, the mineral resource sector is, is not a no impact industry. What we want to create is a, a low impact industry where we use best practices. ESG issues are very important, um, and we need to continue to educate and advocate for our industry to make sure that we get through the permitting process. And that's really the biggest issue here and bottleneck is for these projects that are world class around North America, in Canada and the U.S. Is how do we get them greenlit on a timely basis? And that's really important. And hopefully, we're seeing um, a push on that regard uh, at all levels.
1: And and um, I think rightly so. Every mine development uh, in a responsible jurisdiction is being regulated with ever increasing scrutiny and and um, um, better monitoring and better practices, which are which are all good. Sorry, go ahead. I, I just wanted to say that the um, the impact it may be high, um, but the, the aerial extent is very tiny, and the benefit to society is massive you know, the, the, the external benefits to society of having these products so that our smartphones and whatever can, can run
0: is huge. And so that has to be put into the equation. Absolutely. And as you say, you know, some of these projects can have very low impact um, when it comes to the environment. And I think education is important here um, and continuing to, to build on that. Um, uh, so, you know, I I continue to advocate for our industry and uh, continue to talk on panels and at conferences about these core issues. Um, you know, we need to continue to put uh, resources into human capital on at the government level and the permitting side. You know, we, if anything, it's not just investment in in uh, in the downstream side; it's investment in the upstream side as well to make sure yeah. that we ultimately secure uh, supply. And it's now become not just an issue of economic security, it's an issue of national security as well with regard to these items. And I'm not saying that we shortchange us on the checklists that need to be signed off at a permitting standpoint. We need to just make sure that we have the resources that can move forward and make sure that those are, are uh, that that takes place in a in a timely manner.
1: I think you touched on a very key point there, which of course is institutional capital. So, um, and the education we need to have the geologists, the process engineers, the mining engineers coming through, but equally you need to have the the skills in the institutions, in the um, in the mines departments, in the governmental agencies that understand the issues and understand how to how to regulate and have a skill base and an experience set that
0: enables them to be the regulator. Well, and we're fortunate at Acme Lithium that we have projects in in Nevada. Nevada has consistently been named either the number one or number two mining or resource jurisdiction in, in the world. And that's because it has a long history of resource development going back many, many decades. And so there is a uh, a local, uh, municipal, community, state uh, understanding of how this process works. So we're in a very good jurisdiction in in Nevada with our two projects. You can work there 12 months of the year. If you need a wrench, there's a Home Depot, by You're not in the jungle or the Arctic. There's a lot of advantages to to Nevada. Our crews can, can sleep in their own beds at night in many cases. You don't have to build a a huge expensive camp. Um, Again, a lot of advantages, you've got road power, infrastructure nearby and, and ultimately end users too. So, you know, there's a lot of advantages to us being in the state of Nevada um, with our two projects. And, and part of the reason why we're there is because of those advantages. And the same with Manitoba, a long history of development and in, re- in the resource sector in Manitoba, we are in the Southeastern corner. So we're near the US, we're near Ontario. So we're, uh, you know, we're not that far away from Detroit, you know, we're near end users. There's two battery factories being built in Ontario that are planned, one in Eastern Ontario, one in Western Ontario, and then obviously battery factories in the US. So we're near rail, we're near power, you know, there's good infrastructure in Manitoba. Um, and so one of the reasons why we've chosen that as, as a place for exploration development is is some of those risks aren't there for us, uh, whereas they are in other regions. So I think we've got some advantages um, in proximity, in location, and frankly, the fact that we're beh- we're right beside two exist the only two existing mines in North America, uh, means that um, there's already lithium production. So yeah. hopefully, we're going to be able to contribute to that down the road.
1: Uh, thank you very much. And um, before you go, um, just quick question on the, your your listing. You're on the CSE. Um, yeah. we,
0: we're trading under, a bit about that under, under Acme A C M E. Is there a symbol on the CSE? And then uh, this past summer we were upgraded to the OTCQX, which is the highest level of the OTC markets uh, under ACLHF. So we're listed in the US and listed in Canada. And
1: um, are you going to change from that um, CSE to the TSXV? Are you comfortable with with liquidity and um, access to capital and the way that the CSE is working?
0: Yeah, the CSE has been um, growing rapidly over the last few years. In fact, uh, there's been more capital uh, raised on the CSC now, than uh, certainly on the junior side, than the TSX. There's been more listings. Um, uh, again, both both are, are viable and, and and good places to be. Um, for now, we're satisfied and, and happy where we are at the CSC. You know, down the road we may we may look at other opportunities, but we're certainly pleased with with where we're listed and um, and continue to attract interest um, on the CSC and certainly Great. in the US.
1: Good. Well, um, thank you. I, I, it was it, it was completely new to me. So that was, uh, it's good to hear. Um, thank you very much. When should we speak again? When when should We3 meet again? Um, you know, what's the next kind of um, milestone? If, if I wanted to do a technical call with you,
0: when would be the time to do that? Well, I'm hopeful that we can announce, you know, in the next few weeks that uh, we've mobilised and ultimately, drills are turning in Clayton Valley again. I'm crossing my fingers; there's a few things that have to go well, including weather and and all sorts of things. But uh, that's the, our estimates: is that we should have news about that sometime in in mid December. Um, I'm hoping to receive word on our permits in Manitoba in December as well for a winter drill program. So those are the key milestones that are coming up. Ultimately, you know, for for investors, I think uh, the results are really what are going to be key here. And yeah. um, as exciting as it is to get started the work. Um, It means that results will be forthcoming and we'll have those uh, results coming sometime in the probably in the latter part of the first quarter of 2023. So, uh, happy to reconnect again sometime in the new year, if that makes sense, uh, Merlin.
1: Great. Well, I'll keep an eye out for those results and uh, thank you very much for your time today.
0: Okay. Thank you as well, Merlin. Take care.